T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Inside information on your teams, honest opinion, and the biggest names in sports. It's time, Las Vegas. For the playmakers. Wednesday. Wednesday. W-E-D-N-E-S-D-A-Y. It was one of the more troubling words. I remember my seventh grade science teacher took specific time out of her lesson plan to teach us to know how to spell at any given time on any given Wednesday. You did a great job at it. Thank you. Got the enunciation down. Got the, the phonetic sound down. And... That's what we're here to do. The full-fledged, full-spectrum effort around the world of sports this is the Playmakers. Lindsay Brown is my name, at least through today, and Ross Mahoney is uh, across from me for the third straight day. Um, do you hate sports yet? No, not at all. Okay, I'm glad to hear that because sometimes I, you it, you can get burnt out. Well, it is a bit overwhelming because I'm typically just a football fan. I don't sure. I know. Listen, I do pay attention to hockey and and. Um, basketball and even baseball but mostly like as it gets late in the season I just feel like there's a lot of games and I don't feel the need to keep up at all times mm-hmm. in my normal life but coming in this week it's like I got to pay attention to what's going on because mm-hmm. I don't want to sound like an idiot when I'm sitting across from Lindsay because she knows everything about sports and I'm just well I still sound like an idiot <laughs> even though I do know most of it and and that's a, it's full immersion it, it, it truly is and I, I'm always curious is it good to do it my way or at least what the way that I've attempted to where you try to uh, just take in as much information as humanly possible and seeing what you have to work with or do you just let the whole thing go by and see what your capacities bring to you each and every day? Yeah, I mean, maybe that's why you get burnt sometimes. You're, yeah. You're, you're consuming so much of it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, statistics can be – take up a lot of space in your brain. Yeah, well, the statistics definitely don't stay in there, but it, it, the effort to make enough scaffolding around the statistics so I can support the argument without having the correct one, absolutely. Right. But we're all just looking for, for answers to a lot of the, the similar questions that we've always had about sports, about ourselves, and, uh, you know, that's what we're here to do, guide your way through knowledge about our world and other things. So we start with our check down. Uh, we'll we'll go get to that. We're going to talk to Trista Crick as we do each and every Wednesday. Did some deep dive on the NBA about Steph Curry breaking the record last night, about some of the matchups. Uh, I, I think we were talking about the Mavericks and the Lakers playing tonight. Uh, most uh, Who was more obnoxious at Madison Square Garden, Pete Davidson or Spike Lee? We'll have that debate <laughs> to close out the show in the second hour. To talk about last night's drubbing of of the 
Boston Bruins at the hands of the Golden Knights, but we're not going to really talk as much about that game as we are going to talk about what else is going on across the league because there have been a lot of changing faces and a lot of changing of places in the standings and not to mention the the COVID protocols that are rearing their head as well. And then we're going to mix in some music today as well, Rossi, because uh, that is where your strength lies. And sure. I hope that I can get better in that. And so we're going to talk about the three albums that defined our year. Okay. So if you're listening, you're like, hey, that's a pretty good lineup. Maybe have your own kind of a collection of, of, of things in your mind that, that defines you. Maybe you want to tweet it at us or, or send any sort of signal flare a carrier pigeon at the bet 1140 or at Lindsey Brown 35 on Twitter for me. What's your Twitter handle? Let me uh, share that. It's, it's really, it's really uh, complicated. It's Ross Mahoney. Right on. See, that's it. My, mine's similar. You just you got to know how to spell my name, and you got to know what number I always bring to the to the table. And if you listen to the show, we have trained you well. And so, let's uh, take off those wheels, shall we? It's your daily checkdown, powered by Odyssey Sports. Number one, Rosie, we're living in unprecedented times, my friend. Did you see that Deion Sanders broke college football today? I did see that. Yeah. This is a big deal, people. This is a very, very big deal. This is something that you write your senior thesis on 10 or 12 years from now so you can sound really smart because you could make a, a statement and say, on December 15th, 2021, Deion Sanders changed college football because he managed to flip the number two overall recruit in all of college football, Travis Hunter, who was committed to his alma mater in Florida State. I think the other hats that were on the table as we go through kind of the similar choreography were, were Auburn and then someone else. But the way that Travis went through uh, his, his picking on the video, we had one hat gets thrown off the stage. Oh, this one fits pretty well. Puts it on, then takes it off, throws it off the stage. Dramatic. Very dramatic. But he says he wants to, to be part of something special, to be part uh, of a big shift in, uh, in this landscape by going to a historically black college and then playing for Deion Sanders. He's had so much success in his short tenure at Jackson State, but he was kind of manifesting his own destiny a few months ago saying, hey, I'm going to make history here. And we all believe, we, trust me, we believe you, Deion, but once we kind of figure out exactly what he's talking about, like, holy cow, this is an absolutely gargantuan uh, event. In response to Travis, though, I mean, you kind of, can't blame him if you're if you're a cornerback mm-hmm. why not go from learn and learn from arguably the greatest cornerback that's ever played the game correct and given how uh transient the the college football and just college sports landscape is you want to go someplace that has steadiness you want to go someplace that makes you feel secure maybe uh based off of what i saw their end of season uh attendance in a really really big stadium as we've said Deion Sanders has turned that program around and really legitimizing and and taking that just entire level to a different one. I I go there over Florida State or Alabama or some other place if I'm from there, if I'm a cornerback, if a lot of other things match up. Because who's to say this coach is going to stay here? And you could say the same thing about Deion, but uh, a few weeks ago, Paul and I talked about this. Deion doesn't have to go to a Power 5 school. He can build a Power 5 school right here and help his, his community and shape the lives of these young men going forward well it makes you wonder too if if uh if travis played another position does he make this move i don't think he does right i think the fact that he's a defensive back he goes and takes the guidance from the greatest defensive back of all time right but it only takes one big time recruit to truly change a program once you see a couple people make those decisions hey what's going what's in the water down there let's go see 
And sometimes it's just about the option and the presence of it. Number two. All right. So I was uh, perusing Twitter last night. I was watching a a few hockey games. Uh, We'll get into that later. But there is an article featured and and tweeted out by the the Chicago Blackhawks that was written by Veronique Fleury. That's right. The wife of one Mr. Marc-Andre Fleury. Now, I'm not here to pour salt in the wound or kick anybody while they're down. We all know what happened. It does. And it still it hurts. Us as a fan base, it hurts you if you if you're not the biggest fan and you just happen to live here because it doesn't take a rocket scientist, especially in the town that we live in and how uh, heavily service industry dependent we are. When you don't treat people the right way, it irks us real, real bad. I'm just going to read a little excerpt uh, of Veronique's writing because she's just talking about how uh, amazing of a fit it's been for Mark in his new chapter in, in Chicago. They're obviously turning some things around. He was able to secure his 500th win. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, which means a whole heck of a lot to him and, and, and so many people. And they talk about how she talks about how the city of Chicago has embraced them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and just he broke that record in Montreal. And apparently his his late father was 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 uh, a huge fan of the Blackhawks and the, and the sweater and all of that stuff. So, again, I'm just going to read this verbatim that what she wrote uh Quote, this summer, it was very hard to find out that Mark had been traded because on top of all of it, this time our kids were old enough to really understand it. But we kept thinking about all of our hockey friends who had been traded so many times during their careers. A wise friend of mine said that in the end, you want to be where you are wanted, which is exactly how we feel in Chicago. The team and the organization have been amazing and very welcoming. They appreciate and respect Mark, and he gets to keep playing the game that he loves. Again, not here to pour salt, not here to twist a knife or whatever. But people remember this. People carry this. Just how, how we will, uh, with him and the impact that he made on this community, it's such a missed opportunity away from the ice, away from hockey, of just what he meant to everyone here. I agree. And it's also a missed opportunity on her part to say what she should have said was, it was very surprising to find out on Twitter. Correct. That Mark andre But Fleury that's been, traded. you know, obviously debunked, <laughs> but clearly it's... It, there are hurt feelings. There will continue to be hurt feelings because that's just if you're going to conduct business in a certain way and you're OK with those consequences. Well, when they come around, don't be surprised. It's the hard part about about any professional sport is that it is a business mm-hmm. and they don't always take emotions and, you know, into consideration. And, you know, when you realize that you can you can kind of compartmentalize it, but you can't help but. You know, for the players to feel an affinity for the city that they've been in, mm-hmm. where they, you know, they were embraced by the culture. Obviously, the Golden Knights, when it started, the city mm-hmm. needed something like that, and uh, he was a big part of it. He was the the main part of it. Business is business, but some people don't wash their hands before they shake them. So it's that's true. where we're trying to get better in that area of our game. Number three. Okay, so Danny Ainge is a new chapter. He's no longer with the Boston Celtics because Brad Stevens took his job because he wasn't doing an effective enough job at the coaching, and so it's just kind of fail up, at least for some people. But Danny is actually going to be taking his talents to the Southwest, probably not a beach, though, because he's going to be working for the Utah Jazz, overseeing basketball operations. He was named the alternate alternate governor and CEO of Jazz Basketball and Smith entertainment group on Wednesday. Rossi, as a as a Bostonian by blood and many other things, uh, are you pissed at Danny for chasing this opportunity? No, I think he had kind of, I don't want to say overstayed his welcome in Boston, but he had definitely run its course. And Make the I, deal with Brooklyn a few years ago and then probably move on after that. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think when he, when he stepped down, I think everybody thought maybe it's time, okay, he's going to do something. I, I never expected him to stay away. 
no. for very long. He's, no. Uh, you know, he's done a lot of good things for the Celtics and, and moved on. And, and obviously, he's he's got an eye for talent. Mm-hmm. And uh, he should be. And a know. wheel and, and dealer when it comes to this league. And, and for him to get that deal done with Brooklyn where he sent, like, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and all them completely fleece the Brooklyn Nets right. for picks and stuff. That's why they have the Jason Tatums and, and all the, the talents that they do now. Uh, experience like that's invaluable in today's day and age. Yeah, and he landed someplace great because Utah yep. is, is a, a very solid organization. Absolutely, and they're uh, playing some really good basketball. You obviously have Donovan Mitchell, their third place in the Western Conference. And uh, when Dwayne Wade buys into your into your franchise because I want to be part of ownership group, you're right. That's stability right there. Number four. You want to say it? You say gonna, it. I was going to say get used to drinking weak beer. Weak beer. Yeah. What, you bringing uh, Sammy Adams down with you? Well, you f- no, the, fly uh, down a cask? Isn't the uh, isn't the alcohol content a little bit less in Utah? Yes, and I don't think they sell it after 9 p.m. either. <laughs> so, it's uh, yeah, it is definitely a different tempo down there. But that's all right. Sometimes you have to just focus on the basketball because it hasn't been going as well as uh, it did earlier in his tenure, be that as a player or otherwise. But moving on to number four. Uh National Hockey League, more COVID problems. Calgary Flames, who had already had their games postponed, it's now being their play is just postponed indefinitely because they've added even more players uh, and staff members to that list. I think it's 17 total people alone on the Flames. I saw a few names that were associated with the Florida Panthers organization who are in L.A. right now already that are going to be quarantining in L.A. And there's a ton of breaking news stories across just the world of, of sports in terms of COVID outbreaks. But with that, uh, each league is looking to stay on top of it, looking to respond and and try to keep these games going. And obviously there's a different uh, layer of added anxiety with the Olympics, as we discussed with the NHL. But big development up to the our neighbors to the north. Ontario, starting on Saturday at 12.01 a.m., they are reintroducing capacity limits of 50% for indoor entertainment venues, meeting and event spaces, sports venues with an indoor capacity greater than 1,000 people, as well as movie theaters and casinos. Again, this is in Ontario, Canada, but that's not that far away from us. And the only reason why there's a border there is that we called it a border, and that's what we say is there. And so uh, that affects the Maple Leafs. They've released a statement. Obviously, things are very fluid right now. And so... Everybody's taking those extra necessary uh, precautions. The NHL will start testing everybody every day again, uh, probably minimize outside interactions, masking up everywhere. And it's it's not weird because we know that this is how this works, but when you have the entire league except for one player who is Tyler Bertuzzi on the Detroit Red Wings who is vaccinated, and you see all of these things happen, you're like, well, they're, they're, they're sick, but they're not sick. They're fine, but they're not fine. It's just... It's a bad situation. We're all frustrated and we don't want to be here, but it's the reality we are in. Do you think they go back to at some point uh, the league may explore the option of maybe segregating these teams again as far as, you know, Canadian teams to American teams? No, I, I, I don't think that they'll, they'll, that they'll all of a sudden. Hockey. No, it's not. And I that's a really good point to make because last year I remember it was really hard for me to have any capacity for any hockey outside of the teams that the Golden Knights were facing in the Western Division. So, like, the the hot, uh, Canadian Division, the Eastern ones, like, I had really no idea. And you can't really uh, go on the fly with scheduling like that. We're already kind of exploring that. Well, what if they don't go to the Olympics? Then do we just keep playing games through February? Well, no, we've promised the dates for the arenas for other people. And right. so there's just it's a lot of stuff up in the air. And, and I know that people are trying their hardest and doing their best, but... Sometimes you can do all of that, and it's just not enough. If you were a goalie, you'd understand. 
Number five. All right. We said this yesterday, but now it has been confirmed. It is official, and we have the least amount of time to prepare for it, but it's fine because we are already super ready. Super Bowl, is it 53, 58? 58. 58. Yeah. should know how to read these numerals considering it took two years of it. But in 2024, the Super Bowl Allegiant Stadium will be hosting uh, said Super Bowl. Hopefully the Raiders are in it, even though Mark Davis said today, uh, well, when you can't have success on the field, it's nice to have it off of it. Yeah. You know, Self-deprecation, it's important. Uh, a lot of people, they talk about, well, what, what do they need to do to get ready? They just need to make sure that the stadium can handle it. That's not true. Uh, obviously, when the Super Bowl comes to your town, it's all about activations. The NFL mm-hmm. almost takes over your entire town. Yep. Uh, but luckily for us, we have the real estate. We have the hotel rooms. We have the conference room space. We mm-hmm. have uh, plenty of surrounding lots that they can you know, set up shop. And we also, have the drinks. We've got the drinks. We've got the dispensaries. We now, got all of the things. But also the fact that we'll be hosting the NFL draft mm-hmm. this coming season. So And the NHL All-Star Game in just a couple months. Right. But yeah. nobody knows how to do big events like Las Vegas. And I think that the NFL draft will, they'll come here and they'll scout out what they want. And we'll be fine by time for Super Bowl. Oh, no, I, I have no doubt in that. It's just interesting how that all percolates and comes together. And as you said, the draft's upcoming. It was supposed to be before, and you had to make up for all of those things. But it's nice to be invited to all the birthday parties. Nice Absolutely. to be popular. And so uh, we'll get but it's in. More impo- it's, Go ahead. it's nice to be popular, but it's more popular to be nice. I love that saying. <laughs> I love that a lot. Uh, that's a perfect way to end, other than the fact that I was going to mention that later on. We'll get into the exact statement that Mark Davis made because he is one of those textures. And if you want to find out just exactly which one of those he is, you'll have to tune in later. So, but we got to get moving on with the rest of our show here. That wraps up our check down, which is always powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. On the other side of the break of the Playmakers, VGK and NHL talkers, we're going to get into them. You found the Playmakers. Only on 1140 The Bet, Las Vegas. I heard that Nightcap podcast ain't half bad, Rossi. I heard the host is... uh, Loud, obnoxious, all-knowing. All-knowing. There it is. Omniscient, I think, is the (laughs) fancy word for that one. Uh, We're not omnipresent. Omnipresent. I can always read that word really well, but not say it super well. But. We are uh, fully engrossed in the sports and specifically the hockey here on this program because that's the way I was raised. I got on skates at age two, and I just – it were figure skates first and foremost. I was that first. And then, uh, believe it or not, Rossi, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen inspired me to try out for my first hockey team because I wanted to be part of a team sport, just like in their film Switching Goals, uh, why they were not awarded the hardware from Mr. Oscar that year. The question will – grapple with for the rest of our lives that's but something that i've lost a lot of sleep over too. I, i'm glad that's something that we share amongst a, a, a other things but when you have that type of intervention point in your life and you go on the ice and you go in the locker room and you just completely fall in love with the game it's it's hard not to stay in that in that state of mind Unless things start to go south for you personally, right? Was it a decision where you were like, I'm tired of spinning around and I want to hip check people? No, it was literally, I I wanted to play on a team. I wanted to just be in that atmosphere. And then I walked into the locker room before I ever got on the ice for my first ever hockey practice. And I saw the goalie pads in the corner. I was like, I want those. And my parents Mm -hmm. like, no! (laughs) 
And uh, that's why they made me uh, skate out and pl- and play goalie until at least, I think it was through U10s, if not U12s, because it's really important for goalies to be probably the best skater on your team. I was always say goalies are the best skater. It's probably not necessarily the case, but you have to just have a, a good control of your edges of your body. And if anything, it serves me well now because I just, I don't know if I'm ever going to play goalie again, Ross, because my hips, my knees, everything, I haven't put the pads on in a couple of years. And the way that I play sports, you haven't seen it. It's balls to the wall. Right. And so uh, I, think I don't you know do if the reaction, it, yeah, pretty much. And <laughs> and so I don't know if I would react and try to make a save the exact way I, I did five, six years ago when I was playing, but the bod probably won't hold up the same. So yeah. I, I get nervous about that. But some things stay the same and some things change, but the, the Golden Knights were able to easily take care of the Boston Bruins last night. I mean, we were we did kind of a live uh, commentary of that first period, which ended up being really the only period you needed to pay attention to yesterday. It was over in the first period yesterday. Yeah, they were all over Boston. And Boston's a little bit of a house of cards right now because they're dealing with a lot of injuries. They're dealing with big names on their COVID list, and, and Marshan was one of those names that went out yesterday. But with that... They haven't been able to call up reinforcements, and you have the the Jake DeBrus character who I mentioned yesterday uh, requested a trade. Whenever you have somebody on the team that just doesn't want to be there, like yeah. it's not a good place to be. He was even getting booed by the Bruins fans a few games ago. Yeah, and so and I think it, that upset the captain. Yeah, Patrice Bergeron. I think he was very upset about that. In fact, now he's in the COVID yeah, protocol. Yeah, absolutely, he is, and, and and so is Matthew Barzel, who is a, a member of the New York Islanders, who themselves are struggling mightily that's uh on the the golden knights dock in the next couple games they have the rangers between now and then but the golden knights just in their last uh handful of games rossi actually three specifically they've scored five power play goals eight in their last nine games and this all started on the first of december you're like oh lens why are you bringing this up because we all know that the golden knights were really struggling with that power play to start the season but Here's just how much they were struggling. Like I said, in the last three games, they've scored five power play goals, eight in their last nine. Don't call it a comeback. Mm-mm. In their first 21 games, they scored the same exact amount as they have in the last three, five. Mm-hmm. And got some big saves from Robin Leonard to start that game out yesterday. If you don't think that uh, that little semi-breakaway that he had in the early first before the Golden Knights got scoring started didn't feed the legs of the beast, uh, you are mistaken. That is exactly how hockey worked, but... Because once you get Boston kind of psychologically out of it, you have to mind your P's and Q's. You have to still do uh, play with the right habits. You still have to have the the guys in the right places and, and finding areas of the ice to execute other than the scoreboard. And the Golden Knights, I think, have turned over uh, not a chapter, not a level. It's just... When Max Pacioretty's scoring every time he steps on the ice, there's just a different level of confidence that you're operating with. And with that, you make different decisions. Like, am I going to go extra hard on this four check? Absolutely I am because I know my guy's going to be backing me up here and that we're all skating well and that we're, we're all feeling confident. And, and to have that being built up and just starting a road trip, that's going to be gonna serve them really well against the Rangers, against the Devils, against the Islanders, who, like I said, are struggling. But when you have those low-scoring games, which we hate playing, right. this is where those little bits of adversity and these layers of, of added success that were, that were absent before, this is where you can rely on those lessons and, and break yourself out of things. Well, you saw it really early yesterday. The Golden Knights had a power play kill, and then it looked like, you know— uh, Boston was off to the races, and mm-hmm. Leonard had a couple of great saves and just almost probably psychologically took them out of the game almost mm-hmm. immediately. Absolutely, because in, in so many instances, too, 
the Golden Knights have not gotten off to good starts in first periods. Like they, they most often fall behind. And Robin Leonard too, like he has a tendency to do that once in a while. And it's not that you can't battle back, but once you get that mindset shift so early in the game where you're chasing or it's not that great of a goal, like he lets one in high short side. We've seen it uh, on him and many other goalies. Uh, but it just demoralizes you, like you said, and it, it just it makes your your job that day so much tougher. Uh, and and it's really not that much else to say about that game because it's just like any other hockey game. They're gonna have another one in, the, in a couple of days. Pucks deep and uh, you know skating the full sixty minutes. But I was brought to the a- attention uh, of this article last night as I was watching the uh, the Rangers play the Avalanche, which they were down or the Abs were up three to one. And Kadri had a chance at an empty netter, and he just kind of, like, didn't take it seriously and just kind of flinged it, and they blocked it down. And then the Rangers ended up scoring and pulling within one, and it got really dicey because it was a really bad goal for Darcy Kemper to give up. But regardless, the, the Abs ended up winning. But David Backus is a name that a lot of us know-ish probably out here, but his his chunk of his playing days were played with the, with the Blues and the Bruins kind of before the Golden Knights started meeting between uh, those two teams. David Backus was the captain for the Blues for a long time before signing a big free agent deal. Uh, it was like six years, $6 million, uh, about five, six years ago. And he was on that team in 2019 we were talking about that went to the Stanley Cup right. final. And remember, they were playing the St. Louis Blues, the yes. team that he was captaining. The glorious season. He was scratched for game seven. And that did not go over well, and understandably so. And Bruce Cassidy, who's the head coach of the, of the Boston Bruins then and, and, and continues to be, this is one of those unenviable positions that coaches uh, are in where you have to make tough decisions. And I don't fault him for making the decision to, to sit down David Backus, but sometimes it, it might not be for the reasonings you think. And there's two sides to every story, but, but Backus uh, was on a, on a podcast recently. And he was opening up kind of on, on the last chapters of his Bruins tenure because after he was uh, with, with the Bees that season, they kind of had him out of the lineup for a while. He struggled with concussions. And then he was uh, traded to the Anaheim Ducks, and now he's just kind of waiting to see if anybody wants to pick him up for the playoff push because he's he's up there. This is a guy that grew up to, at the rank five minutes from my house. I see him. I see him in the summer doing shooting pucks and working on stuff all the time. He's a great dude, and 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 a guy that plays a certain type of hockey. And he and he says that there's a lot of tension between Bruce Cassidy and him, and he thinks the the main reason why was because that Cassidy was a small, undersized defenseman, and that Backus, quote, says, I used to eat those guys for breakfast. <laughs> and, and just specifically what he was talking about, he goes, even if I'm one-on-one, it's likely to go behind the, the defenseman, and I'm daring him to go back for the puck because I'm hopefully going to destroy him, and then I'll get the puck that way and then try a one-on-one move. So this is like the four-checking going through. So if you see a defenseman get that puck, I always say with the Golden Knights, they need to get the pucks out before they're physically met by their opponent before the hash marks because they will push you down and destroy you, mm-hmm. and then they'll trap you down low, grind your legs out, and then, believe it or not, it'll end up in the uh, back of your net pretty quickly. Um and how just stylistically different that mindset is versus if I'm that defenseman and I'm the same size as Bacchus, I don't mind taking on that battle. I don't mind playing that game, and my team is probably uh, constructed to support that type. But if I'm Jared Spurgeon's size, who's the, the captain of the Minnesota Wild, or, or like we're talking about with, with Cassidy, 
Uh, if I'm young guy and I see David Backus barreling in on me, that's not what I want to do. I want the puck up and out quickly. I want an escape move. I want to go D to D, so I want to pass that puck behind the net and hopefully go up the other side of the boards. But regardless, I need to not have him close to me with the puck in our general vicinity. And we all have our biases and we all have our, our things that we prefer. But I've played for coaches that had a certain preference for somebody else's skill set over mine or mine over somebody else's. And I'm not saying this is the reason why, but I think there's an element to truth to, to all of this because considering they lost that game 4-1 to one and how the Blues played and how they're constructed, the Western Conference teams are always big body. They're always here to hit. Like Ryan O'Reilly was, wasn't the captain then, but he became the captain the next year, and Petro was on that team too, but they're all big. They're all here to be physical and stuff. Why would you not have the one of the best weapons you have who's also a physical specimen? Right. Maybe he doesn't have the foot speed anymore, were you really that confident in the lineup? Try to level the playing field right. a little bit with with a big body, right? Because sometimes it's it's good to be so different that people have to change to get to your level. But what if you're not the highest the highest level of energy, right? Because technically we rise to the highest level of energy, which is usually negative or the most physical. Mm-hmm. And so you either have to play so well that they have to respond to you, which they didn't. Um, or you have to beat them at their own game, which they weren't willing to do because they, that's not the lineup that they put out. But you can second-guess game sevens and stuff. They'll do that for the rest of their lives because I second-guessed the, the last goal I gave up before we went to the championship game that we didn't go to because I gave up a bad goal. It will haunt me for the rest of my life. I've made a million glove saves moving from my left to my right, and it just happened to be the one that tipped off the top of it like Leonard the other night where it hit his hand and then kind of fell down in the rebound. It was just like one of those. Happens in practice, and it, it means nothing, but – it will haunt you for forever, but I always love it when these guys actually open up a vein and just see, say how they actually feel and how they see themselves in the game and their uh, piece of the puzzle. It's human nature, right? You, mm-hmm. all, you never remember all the good stuff that you do. You always remember the one thing that got by you or the one thing that yep. – you know, it's the competitive nature inside human beings. Yep. Well, and it's just uh, biology. It's If I put my hand on this oven and it hurts me and it could be a problem for my survival, I better remember not to do it again. Right. And so it's – we can short-circuit ourselves very easily and, and, and make things way more complicated. But what's not complicated right now, Rossi, is that the Vancouver Canucks are coming. They're on their way. And I'm sure everybody else thought that this was going to be the, the case, but maybe not such an overwhelming success uh, as early as we've seen because they had to fire their head coach, Travis Green, Jim Benning, who was their GM, basically they did a full-scale clean-out of their entire leadership uh, core a couple weeks ago because they'd gotten off to such a bad start. Their young stars weren't scoring. The coaching staff wasn't getting through to them. So they fire Travis Green. They bring in Bruce Boudreaux midseason. And it's working out. Because that's what Bruce does. This is like the third time it's happened to him where he's gotten he's been implemented into a team uh, that, that's already uh, in season in progress. And it's a whole new ball game. And they, last night they mounted a comeback. They were down three to nothing. And they ended up taking that game. I watched the the final minutes of it here, and I'm, like, trying to find the actual score um, of, of what was going down. But 
as we've uh, discussed on this program before about this Pacific Division, which was, quote, unquote, so soft, so soft. Well, at the top of the division, I see the Calgary Flames, or not the Calgary Flames because they're not, they're sitting because of COVID. It's the Anaheim Ducks, actually, the the team that was pretty sure last place. Uh, they're operating with only a one-game winning streak that was almost double digits last week, but they're 6-2-2 two and two in their last 10. Then the Flames, who I said are on the pause, and the Golden Knights have moved their way back into the top three with 34 points. Nashville Predators, who have won five in a row, are, are in that first wild card spot for the Central Division. And the Oilers, losers of six in a row, Rossi. Now we can see, now Now this is something we can probably trade off for our Vancouver uh, resurgence into relevancy here. Because same division, Canadian teams, Oilers, all of a sudden that power play is completely dried up. Mm-hmm. And the thing about the Oilers is, is that we expect the offensive greatness. We expect Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl to put up record-setting numbers. But the problem always is, is when things start to go wrong, man, and they spin down into the abyss really quickly. And either it means an early playoff exit, or sometimes it means decisions being made in a manner that they normally wouldn't be, or maybe just with the personnel they're not envisioning. Because when you're not doing what you do best at all and you don't have that piece to rely on that eventually will come back but you try to find like little other areas to spark the fire right little other areas to improve to hopefully break through that ice on the other side and you hope that they are able to get it figured out before it creates too big of a problem for them psychologically or they dig themselves into a hole in this division and we're not at that point on either side of them yet but as we've talked about the coup is coming the ducks have already started flying the Sharks are right there as well, and the Gold Knights are starting to build. And so uh, them, the Kings, it's this is a very, very competitive division, and in a, in a, it's going to be all the way down through the stretch. But luckily, you guys have us here uh, every step of the way on the Playmakers. we got to get to our next break. And on the other side, we're going to go into Rossi's uh, part of the woods. We're going to talk about three albums that defined our year right here on the Playmakers on the bet, 1140. You found the Playmakers, only on 1140 The Bet, Las Vegas. Playmakers, just chilling, just hanging, just seeing what flies and what doesn't. And Rossi, we're in my arena, for lack of a better uh, metaphor. This is The sports are my thing. And You're the I want, woman in the arena. I, exactly. Brene, Tom, whoever said it first, <laughs> even though it was Teddy Roosevelt, uh, we're, we're all here, but I want to make sure that we cover some of the bases that you're more familiar with that I like to hopefully talk about at, at a different level. And so I want to explore a topic in the music department with you, um, Spotify wrapped and what everybody uh, other streaming platform has decided to, you know, an attempt to copy is coming out where they just take our data and they tell us exactly how many hours we've listened to who we we've listened to. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to know what three albums defined your year. Okay. Well, that's a fair question. I mean, listen, a little background on me for your listeners who maybe aren't familiar with who I am. Mm. Uh, I've spent 25 years in radio and all of it in alternative music radio. Mm -hmm. So I I started, you know, at 19 years old, um, you know, in Florida at a a brand new alternative radio station and and just, you know, was kind of overwhelmed by music. Uh, I, I thought originally when I got into radio, I said, this is going to be great. I'm going to get all into sports. And I went the music (laughs) route Mm -hmm. and just, you know, it's been a lengthy career. Um, To be fair, I I was uh, ceremoniously, unceremoniously 
dismissed from that career. Sure. Uh, due to some uh, cutbacks or whatever it happens. We it's, all it's an, get it's an industry, sat yeah. on the bench at some point, Absolutely. Right? That happened to me in September of 2020, mm-hmm. um, part of the COVID, um, you know, I, I guess they can call them reductions in force. That happens. Yep. Um, I'm not bitter about it. Uh, but for the most part, I decided to take a little bit of a breather mm-hmm. when it comes to being so consumed by music. Now, as somebody who loves music, you can't completely cut yourself off from something that you love. Right. So, but consuming uh, it in in the in the immersion level that you were, yeah, it's definitely you know I listened more as a fan of music mm-hmm. than somebody who was always thinking, okay, what would sound good to my radio station? Right? Um, are is this band worth you know tickets? Do I need to bring them in? Who do they uh, sound like? Right? Yeah. You know, sometimes because you know even working and programming in music radio, I had two trains of thought. One is I really like this, I enjoy it. Is it a hit? Right. You know, because those are two different things. Right. Like I, I was always, uh, well, I, I, I took it upon myself to be tasked with the party DJ in, in college and stuff like that. And I remember in the early goings and how bad it would feel to me when I would look around the party. People were like, "What's this?" And yeah. you're just like, "No, I don't want this." So you'd be like, "Okay, so we'll play it. We'll play Bieber, and then we're gonna roll into some Carly Rae, and then we're gonna roll in. We'll go all the way back to Get Low, Ying Yang, <laughs> bring them on in, like the whole bit." But you, there's there's a mix, there's a feel, there's everything, and sometimes your instincts are right, but they're not right for everybody else. Well, and you and when you're DJing at a party or something mm-hmm. like that, you need to know what the the uh, the hyped up songs are you have yeah. to be ready to it's not about you it's about them with the ox chord comes great power and responsibility sure. so like you know listen there's a, a joke everybody always jokes about bands like nickelback and whatever and Look obviously they sell a lot of records so it's you know is it something that i would listen to every day no but are they hits i don't want to be the coolest radio station that nobody listens to Mm-mm. So, There's a few really good Nickelback tracks. There is. Absolutely. It's not their fault they got overplayed. It's not, <laughs> it's not Tim McGraw and Nelly's fault. Their songs got overplayed on, on the top 40 radio, so I hate all of the country crossovers that they did. But what what is one of your albums okay, that you've been spinning? I, I, well, I did, I did go back and look at some albums that I yeah. actually have, have dove into. Uh, big ones for me in the year, uh, Royal Blood, Typhoon. Hell yes, Rossi! I freaking love Royal Blood! Love Royal Blood. Oh! They were part of my pregame um, playlist ahead of hockey games. I always had to listen to Out of the Black in between every period before I go out on the ice. And like we were talking about yesterday, extensive routine. Yes. Shredder. Yes. I love that first album they did. So this is a good, their new one's good. Yeah, Typhoons. This is actually their third album. Right. Great album. And, uh, you know, it's it's uh, Mike Kerr and Ben Thatcher. And mm-hmm. they're a two-piece. Two and people they, they put out make a all lot that of noise. Rock sound so it's, oh. it's a lot of fury i love royal blood they're so heavy too i was able to to bring them to town a few years ago for um one of our holiday havoc shows and and oh. everybody was so geeked that i got my invite royal got blood. lost in the mail yeah sorry time. about that Next it was 2017 time. you, you should have known you should have known. known you should have known uh another album that i really liked this year was kings of leon uh when when you see yourself and the reason why is kings of leon are one of those bands that they're They've been around for so long, and mm-hmm. everybody kind of associates the song "Use Somebody" and it's "Sex a great on song. Fire." Another cover that we listened to in yoga right. in college. It was but, like the super uh, stripped down version. Great song. Those songs were two thousand eight. They've yeah. had some great albums, and and their last album "Walls" was a was a fantastic listen. And al- although critically one of their worst albums, I really liked it. That came out in twenty sixteen. So their latest album was one for me, and uh, 
Glass Animals. I mean, you've mentioned them uh, yeah, several times. I, that's that's one of my albums that I have, but it's not the it's not the album it's that came the out one, this right. year. Yeah, yeah, Dreamland. Dreamland is one that I spent a lot of time with. I, mm. It's and you you mentioned their their first album yesterday because I'm obsessed with the How to Be a Human Being. That thing's been on on repeat for me all year, and I like. I never. It's it's with very few artists and, and and instances where I'll listen to the whole thing straight through. Right. I'll just kind of find a track that I like and I'll live in it for a while, and then I'll like, oh, here's this one. I like this one as well. That's the approach I take with them. Halsey's "I'm uh, I'm Not a Woman, I'm a God" opposite approach. Sure. Go with the holistic, exactly how they want us to consume it. Well, I know that you probably know this. I don't know how much of the the listening audience knows that that album is a departure for her because it was produced by Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor of right. Nine Inch Nails. And, and it, it's a departure because ever people wouldn't expect them to fuse together, but those that have been along for the ride with her for a long time. The sound is very similar to her Badlands album versus like the Hopeless Fountain Kingdom uh, album. That was her second one. She's an alt chick. Yeah. Well, that's that's she's she's the she's the one that figured out how to be alternative and popular in today's day and age, because those two albums, like I said, the, the Badlands and you go into Hopeless Fountain Kingdom. And then what really changed is Manic. And that was the album that came out right at, at the beginning of 2020. That was the uh, uh, graveyard and a lot of acoustic stuff, a lot of the country stuff that she was starting to do, it, which is uh, featured on the new album as well but that malleability that that she sought both of the uh, Trent and Atticus out because she was such a big fan of Nine Inch Nails which when it, you've grown up in the same kind of soup she has you're like oh I understand the connection and right. they, they obviously obviously see what what she is and it's just it's an absolutely gorgeous album there's so no track is the same everything's got a message she has all of her easter eggs in there uh she needs to win a Grammy of some of some iteration for this one. I, I really think this is the one. I read an article that you know she had written some of these songs and she played them for Trent Reznor, and mm-hmm. he said, uh, "You made a great album. Like mm-hmm. these are great songs. If you want me to produce it, it's going to sound nothing like this, and it's going to get weird." And she said, yeah. "Let's get weird." Yeah. And I remember when she was previewing like uh, the movie that she ended up releasing along with the album and just the sounds that the that she she used the i'm not a woman i'm a god track to to use i'm like this sounds exactly how i would picture these artists working together mm-hmm. but that's the amazing thing about music you can find stuff that feel that feels familiar rediscover things that you never thought before but regardless we got to rediscover a break because we're running long and we got another segment to go so Let's the bet 11 40 you found the playmakers only on 1140 The Bet, Las Vegas. Ross and Lindsay hanging out with you guys here until 5. Uh, remember, if you've missed any portion of our program, you can find it on the podcast feed, Odyssey app. It is free. Google Play Store, Apple App Store. Search us out. Uh, hit the heart. The Playmakers, the Nightcap, all of that stuff. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Exactly. we got to spell it out. we got to spell it out because some people, even when it's plain in the face that this is what this is or this is not what this is, and they will tell you the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. And um, somebody who basically does this or is one of the most glaring examples is uh, Washington football team owner Daniel Snyder. We know what's going on over there. We've, we've had consequences reach all the way across the desert here, and actually there are consequences of John Gruden's actions, not Dan Snyder's, but there's other actions to be punished, and there's only one individual that has been so far. But considering all the information that we've seen, including more uh, uh, details emerging yesterday from a Washington Post article about 
the the dealings of the sexual misconduct in that organization about the circulation of the photos about just all these different instances that involved Dan Snyder that involved members of his organization that have been completely covered up well he said he was going to help the investigation guess what he lied he's trying to interfere with it he's sending people to uh, intimidate and guess what he's still a bad person so nothing's changed nothing will until they decide to do it themselves and Maybe it'll happen in the next five minutes because we got to go to a break and it's the second hour and we'll be back. The Release sports. the info. All of it. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.